I'm just really hoping and praying this morning that the Holy Spirit will speak to you more than just a, a message that you might enjoy or not enjoy. I, I need the Spirit of God to, to touch your heart this morning and just speak His life and His words in, into your spirit. So Holy Spirit, we welcome you this morning. We thank you for your presence here in this place. You are here and you are near. You're never far from any one of us. And Lord, I thank you that you have a, a wonderful future. Lord, uh, in store for every person under the sound of my voice that's taken time to be here today. And Father, as I share this morning, I pray that you'll give keys. That you'll give a key, Father, to stepping into the much, much more, God, that you have for each and every one of us. So Holy Spirit, would you speak as only you can. Not the voice of a man, but the voice of God speaking to us in Jesus' name. Amen. I wonder how many of you would say to me this morning, look, I really believe God's, God's got a lot more for my life yet. Who, who would be in that category? About four of us. So the rest of you have reached your peak, have you? You're sort of, this is it? Wow, I feel sorry for you. I mean, this is it. Then, uh, but hey, I believe God's got a lot more for us. You know, we, we want to we see God do impossible things in our lives. We want to see miracles. We want to see breakthroughs. In fact, we just want to see what's in the book. How about that? You know, what's in the book is absolutely extraordinary and amazing. It's, I mean, page after page, there's a miracle, there's a breakthrough, there's an answer to prayer. And I sometimes think, God, well, what's the deal? You know, you've got, your, your book says this thing, and then there's my life, and they don't quite match up. God's gender now is for it to match up for your life. And uh, I believe there's a key found in Joshua 3 verse 5, which says, sanctify yourselves for tomorrow I will do wonders among you. There's two words that connect, sanctify and wonders. So surrender, sacrifice, call it what you like, um, you know, dedication, sanctify. If you do that part, then God says, hey, I will do wonders among you. You know what that is about? It's about positioning yourself. You know, we have to position ourselves for God's favor and blessing. Some of you joined us, or hope many of you, for three days of prayer and fasting last week. Do you know what that does? It positions yourself, you for God's favor and God's blessing on your life. And you know, these things just don't fall out of the sky. Occasionally they do, but there are things we can do to be positioned for wonders, breakthroughs, answers to prayer. And uh, this uh, call to surrender, it, you, if you've noticed, has been a recurring theme for the last month or so. Uh, if you heard David Pierce last Sunday morning, he was here. I mean, his message was really surrender. Come on, sell out. You know, those of, some of you need to go to Iraq because you've not got many years left. Remember, he said that. What do you got to lose? You only got a few years to go. Go and give yourself to God. And I don't know what other stuff he said, but I, it was very challenging. And well, I thought about some of this. I wasn't here. God didn't need me to hear that. They needed you to hear it. And um, uh, it's, it's a recurring thing, and which is really exciting because I believe, you know, God's saying to all of us, I've got so much more in store for you, and this is a key to it. Don't miss this day of God's visitation. You know, it's every so often God will call a, an individual, God will call a church to, to this greater surrender. It's a work of the Holy Spirit. You can't pump this up. It's a God thing, and we have to respond in the time of God's visitation when he's speaking to us and step into the much more that he has got for us. You know, one step of surrender, one decision, one change, one risk, one idea can change your life forever. I have a strong sense that many Christians, and probably not here, but many Christians are stuck in a rut. 
They're just stuck. Nothing's happening. Nothing's changing. <laughs> what they did yesterday, they do today. And what they did three years ago, they're still doing. You know, they're, they're stuck in a comfortable uh, boat, if you like, and nothing is moving. And I believe God is calling us out of the boat as he called Peter. Get out of the boat and move forward. You know, something, I'm saying to people, you know, something needs to shift. Something needs to move. You know, if you're tired of your life the way it's been for the last two, three years, change something, shift something, move something, do something, get out of the boat, get out of the rut. I think we all tend to do that. You know, you get up in the morning, you know, you have a shave, you have a shower. Well, women don't shave, I guess, but well, some of you might, well, I don't go down there. Anyway, you know, you know, you go down, you have your breakfast, hope you do a bit of praying, you go to work, you get mad at people, you come home, you have your dinner, you watch TV, you go back to bed. What a boring existence. Come on, shift that up. Change something. Make a difference in your life. Go do a bungee jump. <laughs> I'm not going to, but you guys are closer to it than I am. <clears throat> do you know what I mean? And when you, in five years' time, you don't want to look back and say, I'm just, I'm just going through the same routine I was five years ago. I'm doing the same old things, and I'm sitting in the same old chair. In fact, I still sit in the same seat in church. Well, you can't here in the city because you keep moving around. But in the West, some people be in the same seat for the last five years. I say, move. They can't, you know. People have left churches when someone sat in their seat. Boy, you're talking about being stuck in a rut, man. That is super stuck at all. Now, I'm not saying, hey, no more, no more trials or suffering, all the rest of it, because uh, that's just life. It's life. It happens, unfortunately. But, uh, you know, you want to be able to look back five years' time and say, look, I've progressed in my walk with God. I progressed in my serving of God. I used to serve at this level, but now I serve at this level. Right. You know, I, I progressed in my relationships. My marriage is better than it used to be. And you know, just in all areas of life, you want to have made some progress. And you know, right now in Church Unlimited, it's amazing. There are people being gripped with a greater passion to sell out for God. I'm hearing stories. So let me tell you a couple. One person came to me and said to me the other day, they said, you know, they said, look, um, I'm... I'm I'm going to now work four days a week. They can do it in their job. They had to, it was hard to get the permission. They're going to do work four days a week. And they said, she's going to, this person said, I'm going to give one day to serving God and seeking God more. And I thought, wow. I thought, you know, cost of a day is, I don't know how much they're being paid, but probably $300 a week. That's a lot of dosh. Another person came to me a while ago and said to me, um, listen, this one. I want to give one year's salary to God. Thank you for the overwhelming response to that point. <clears throat> you start hearing this stuff, folks. Something's up. Something's up. You know, even in New Zealand beyond. Do you know there are people who have registered for two, for five, for ten, for twenty people? Like, why, why would people do that? Why would people make that kind of sacrifice? Well, I think they know that New Zealand beyond has the potential to change this nation. And so they're willing to do... When I start hearing things like that, I think, boy, the temperature in Church Unlimited is just going up. It's just going up. It, it's, it, there's, there's an intensity coming, and God is just doing some amazing and some incredible things. So during my five-week break, I had some moments with God because everyone kept pestering me, you need a break, you need a break. So I finally took one. And um, but I was, it was a really interesting time. And I was, I was taken by surprise. And um, before I tell you what caught me by surprise, can you just tell the person next to you, 
you look incredibly good today. I, I just thought I needed to throw that in there. Someone needed to hear that this morning. All right? Someone needed to hear it, and I'm glad, glad you did. So you may hate the rest of the message, but you're going to think, oh, well, that was a good message that someone told me I look good. <laughs> Father, forgive the many liars in this place. Anyway. <clears throat> so... This Honestly, as I was having this five-week break, God began to stir me in, in, in unusual ways. And I found myself challenged by this. Knowing all that Christ has done for me, how he suffered the agony of the crucifixion just for me. He rescued me from hell and gave me the promise of eternity in heaven forever. I began to think to myself, wow. No sacrifice I could make would be too great in the light of all that he has done for me. On January the 13th, I was driving home. I'd been out, and I found myself praying this prayer. I said, God, I am ashamed at my lack of hunger and passion for you. In the light of all you have done for me. I said, God, I, so, I sacrificed so little for you in return for the cross. The interesting thing is, as I prayed that prayer, I didn't feel condemnation. I felt an excitement in my heart. Do you know how to tell the difference between condemnation you always feel terrible? Conviction, no matter how bad it is, you feel great. God smacks you between the ears and you feel, oh, thank you, Jesus. That's conviction. That's how you tell the difference, all right? Conviction is from God. No matter how tough it is, you feel good. And I felt really good. I thought, I was praying this prayer of being a shepherd. And I've, honestly, I've never prayed that prayer ever before. I've never felt. It was just a work of the Holy Spirit. But it was almost like God was giving me a revelation of all he has done for me. You know, the cross, the blood, the shedding, you know, the crucifixion. I thought, oh, God. God, you know, in return, I should just give my all for, for you. I felt this longing in my heart to be more dedicated to, heart, to God. And the reason it thrilled me, I was thrilled by this. Do you know why I was thrilled? Because I know that this is a pathway to God doing much more in my life. So I thought, God, if you're calling me to this, wow, you've got so much more exciting stuff in store for me. So I was starting to go, wow, come on, God, keep up the conviction. Convict me a bit more. And it stayed with me for quite a period of time, and it was, uh, it was a terrific thing. C.T. Studd put it this way, that great missionary, if Jesus Christ be God and died for me, then no sacrifice can be too great for me to make for him. Let's go to Luke chapter 9. Let's bring it out from Luke chapter 9. It's an interesting verse, a couple of verses. Verse 23 and 24 says, oh, it's on the screen there, all right? It says, he said to them, if anyone decides to come after me, let him deny himself. Take up his cross once a decade. What is it? What is it, what? Oh, is it what? Daily. Daily. Like real? A cross? How many of you have seen crosses, crucifixions? Like daily? Nah, <laughs> it's not real, is it? Well, that's actually what's there, isn't it? Take up your cross daily and follow me. For whoever desires to save his life will lose it. Isn't it amazing how hard we find it to give up our lives? 
We just want to hold on to it. No, 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 don't take you can't have my no no no. It's mine, that's my space, that's my time, that's my money, that's my energy, that's my 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 my. We just find it so hard to give it up. But it says um, whoever desires to save his life, guess what? You lose it. You lose the whole lot. But whoever loses his life for my sake will save it. To really come alive, you know, it's a lot out there, isn't it? About come alive, find yourself, da 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 da, self realization, all that nonsense, I think. To really come alive and find yourself, you have to die to self first. That's what the Bible says. You know, you have to die to live. If you lose your life for God, you will find it. So I want to dial this down, the whole thing of sanctification. So, you've, been, you've heard this a few weeks ago, uh, to a level we can all relate to. All right? So there's this church leader, not in this church, not in our church. And he wanted to spend some time with me. And I was really busy, and I just wasn't keen to do it. I thought, oh, man, I don't chill. Grumbled away. Anyone, anyone else like that? You know, just, just something crops out. You just don't want to do it. No one. This church, this is an incredible church. You've all reached the height in God that you want to get to. You never get upset by a request, you know. So you should just tell him and tell him whoever you want, pick on them to put all these chairs away, and they'll just do it immediately. There'll be no questions asked in this place. It's, it's awesome. Anyway, my carnal nature, being less godly than you here, I thought, I, I really don't want to do this. But as I thought about it, I thought it's the, the right thing to do is to do it. All right? This leader wants to see me, so give him some time. So it was kind of like a small sacrifice, a small surrender. All right. So watch what happens. As I drove to and from the meeting, I prayed, as I always do in the car, or mostly do. And as I'm driving, the presence of God come into the car and just like, wow, this is cool. And um, so then I drove to the, the venue and I had coffee, went to pay for the bill, and someone had already paid for it. Well, it's a wonder, isn't it? And um, so someone knew me, had already paid for it. And then I realized I had lost my parking ticket. Anyone here ever lost? No, no one here lose anything. You, know, you guys are so, so close to God. You just wouldn't have, I'm not even going to ask that question. So I'd lost my parking ticket, and it was going to cost me, it came up in the machine, $60. My Indian blood boiled. There was smoke out of my ears and nose and fire coming up. Because lucky no one was around. They would have got burnt. So much for sanctify yourself. It was going to cost me $60. It was a bit of a wonder in itself. $60. So I made my way to the pay booth. And I told the cashier, you know, uh, well, what I did is I, I gave the cashier an old ticket I had from last year. You have to try every trick in the book, don't you, you know? So uh, anyway, he looked at it, and he realized it was one year old. But then he said, go on through. No charge. Not even the normal, whatever it might be, $20. Zero charge. God loves me so much. My Indian blood went to ecstasy. It was like I knew what Paul meant by his visit. He went to the third heavens. I was in the third heavens, and all it took was $60. It was just an amazing thing. I was just uh, incredible. And then when I got home, seriously, I really felt, sincerely I felt that God was pleased with me for doing what I did. And, you know, I sanctified myself in just a small way, but God did actually four wonders. And they're real. Number one, his presence in the car. It was a wonder, like unexpected. Number two, the parking, <laughs> free. 
How many of you know in Auckland, that's a wonder? Right? It's a wonder. That was number two. Number three was, I felt God was pleased with me. But there's one more than that. A friend of mine, a pastor friend of mine was really struggling, and he had to preach the next day, and he said, oh, man, I just don't know how I'm going to do it. So when I was traveling in the car to and from this meeting, I prayed for him. As I prayed, I felt this authority in God, you know, to knock that thing down. He sent me a text two hours later saying, saying the Spirit of God has just revived me, and I'm ready to preach tomorrow. Four wonders. Where did that come from? Just not even a huge sacrifice or surrender, but it was real, and it did cost, and God honored his word. So good. You know, one surrender, one consecration. I think one aspect of it is being willing to go out on a limb, to get out of the boat, do beyond what the average person will do in the pursuit of God. Call it being radical. I think we heard last week about, you know, maybe going into the forest with a few friends, spending a night in prayer. That's radical, isn't it? I'm not going to ask how many of you have done it because all your hands are going to go up. You've probably all done it already. So knowing what you like here. But it's, a, it's an incredible thing, you know. And he said, seek God in a different way. Break the routine. Position yourself for breakthrough. Never lose the spirit of adventure. Don't let your life pass in a humdrum, you know, going nowhere fast, stuck in the mud, in the boat, nothing shifting. You know, move. <laughs> Come on, shift. Change it up. Move a gear. Make your life count. Do something significant for God. You know, I don't know if I told you last week, but I have a, I have a, uh, I'm not going to get through this message. I've got this, um, in my phone, I have this reminder, all right? And in the reminder, it's, every day it comes up and it says, do something different today. Anything, change something, you know, <laughs> drive to work a different direction. You know, I mean, I don't know what it is. Pray, said I was praying in the land, maybe I should go and pray in the garage or, or you know, make a phone call. Just do something Different. Thank you for getting excited about that. You know, the boy with the fish and the bread. Isn't it amazing? What did he do? Surrender. Five loaves and two. What happened? Wonder. 5,000. That's men, just men. Probably 20,000 people fed. You know, you, you, you have no idea what small surrenders can do. But once you start surrendering and seeing wonders, you increase your surrenders. and Because you, you know this deal works. God's word actually does work. Do you know, getting out of the boat is in the DNA of Church Unlimited. You know, Matt and Alicia packed up their bags a while ago and headed off down to Rotorua. That's, that's surrender. That's getting out of the boat. Rod and Delfina, they packed up and they went over to, to um, Sydney. You know, that surrender, you know, when he asked uh, Julian and Katie a few years ago, it's not what they wanted to do to come into the city. They, they basically surrendered to God and said, yeah, we will do this. That, that surrender, you know, and it's, it's in the DNA of, of Church Unlimited. And uh, the Christopher Columbus, let me remind you of that quote. You can never cross the ocean unless you have the courage to lose sight of the shore. It's coming. There you go. Lose sight of the shore. And then the other one we've showed you before. What if I fail? Oh, but my darling, what if you fly? Surrender. Fly. Wonders. Can you feel it? 
Can you feel it? God wants to do it for you. He really does. Hebrews 10 verse 35. Do not throw away your confidence, which is great reward. You know, we need to ponder the truth that living fully for God gives greater rewards than all that the world has got to offer. If we don't think about that, if we don't reflect on it regularly, that serving God has greater rewards in the world, then we're going to love the world like everybody else. That's what's going to happen. You've got to think about it. Oh, there is greater reward. Yeah, this is hard. This is sacrifice. This is difficult. But the rewards are greater. Serving God gives greater rewards than money, sex, and power. All three that the world pursues so desperately. Think about it. When you die, guess what? All your money, sex, power, gone. If you go after that, you won't get much. And eventually, you lose it all. With money, you can't take one dollar with you. You can't take a bit. I can't believe some people spend all their lives stacking up this money and then getting more houses and all that. I'm not against that. But you, you, you know, if you do it while being sold out to God, God bless you. But you can't take anything. I read yesterday, naked you came and naked you leave. <laughs> wow. I don't think we really appreciate it. You've got to meditate on that. And then, you know, you know, living for God, living for God is better than sex. Jesus never had sexual relations, yet he was the most fulfilled and complete human being ever to live. Think about that. It's overrated. Sex will never come close to the pleasure of an intimate relationship with God. It's a yawn in comparison. And the reward of God is greater than power. There's no greater power on life than a child of Almighty God. 1 Corinthians 6 verse 3, Do you not know that we shall judge angels? Now that's power. <laughs> You're looking after a big company? Great, good on you. Got a thousand employees? God bless you. Hey, judging angels? That's another level up entirely. Serving God. The rewards of living for God are greater than money, sex, and power. The things that the world chases after. And I trust that we will not do that. God wins every time. He has no equal. He has no rival. Let's go to 1 Kings 19. Here's another thought on surrender taken from the life of Elisha. I really like this. 1 Kings 19 verse 21. Here we go. Remember, he's been called by Elijah. Elijah's thrown his mantle on him. So Elisha turned back from him, took the yoke. He was playing with 12 yoke of oxen, all right? took a yoke of oxen, slaughtered them, boiled their flesh, using the oxen's equipment, gave it to the people they ate. Then he arose and followed Elijah and became his servant. Elisha was willing to pursue what God had for him at great cost to himself. It's like he decided, I'm going after all God's got for me. He let go of the status quo, got out of the comfortable boat. He slaughtered the oxen and the, and, and the plowing equipment as well at the same time, burnt the whole lot. There was now no turning back. He basically said, I am all in for what God has got for my life. He left it all behind. It was a remarkable moment. He left nothing back. Remember the old song, I have decided to follow Jesus? No turning back. No turning back. The cross before me. Uh, the world behind me. No turning back. That day, when he sold out to God, think about it. Elisha, what happened? He got a double portion of the anointing that was on Elijah. 
It just didn't happen. He positioned himself. He positioned himself with surrender and sacrifice. And God said, right, you're going to get double anointing. You know, it's good to be able to look back. You know, I guarantee Elijah never forgot that day. Would you, remember, would you think that? Plowing, the, burning the oxen, the, all the plowing equipment, leaving the oil. He would never, ever in the history of his life forget that day. It's good to be able to look back to a day where you surrendered all. Can you think of that day? And I think there should be many days, you know, defining moments that change the trajectory of your life. It can happen today. It can happen tomorrow. Maybe it's already happened. For me, there's been numbers of moments that have got me, you know, into the level of surrender. And I've got a long way to go. I listen to David Pierce, and I think I'm backslidden. I listen to Shaji, and I think, oh, man, that's another world again. Oh, you didn't hear him, the guy who came from India. I mean, their level is just enormous. But I do remember as a younger Christian, time and time and time again, I would come to the altar of God, either in church or in conference or wherever it might be. And I remember often I'd be kneeling before God and just saying, God, I, I surrender my life to you. I'm yours, God. Take me. Use me. Do what you can. I pleaded with God. I said, God, take my life. Make it count. I give it as best I understand how. I surrender all to you. I did it once. I did it twice. I did it again, over and over and over again. Not just the once, friends. Many times it happened in my life. Surrendering my life. And so it was very real. And so then suddenly the call comes. And God calls Adrian and myself to go to the Philippines. To leave two well-paying jobs. And go to the Philippines. Friends, I'm telling you here, there was not one moment of hesitation. We said, fine God. We packed our bags and we went to the Philippines. And left that, all that financial stuff behind. Why? Because we had made the surrender many years before. We were sold out to God. And I'll never forget April 1993, room 212, in the Linden Hotel in Calcutta, when the presence of God filled the room. And I found myself lying prostrate on the floor before God, surrendering to Him with all of my might and energy. I remember wishing the ground would open so I could go down deeper in God. I just so remember that. And surrendering as best I could understand. Once again, saying, God, I'm yours. God, every ounce of my being, as best I can, God, I'm yours. Would you use me? Would you move through? Would you make my life count, God? I want to make a difference on the planet. I want to be used, God. I, God, I, I may not be much. I may, may not have all the gifts and the charisma that many others have. But God, I'm a vessel. If you can do something with this vessel... Go ahead. Since that time, God's done wonders after wonder, after wonder, breakthroughs, miracles, answers to prayer. It's been an extraordinary walk. Sanctify yourselves. For tomorrow, I'll do wonders among you. You don't have to be someone special. You don't have to be special. You just have to be surrendered. That's the call that comes by the Holy Spirit. Elisha asked for a double portion. I want to encourage you here to ask for a double portion of the Spirit. Whatever portion you've got right now, ask God. God, double it. God, double it. How many of you know what we've got now is not enough to reach this nation or our neighbors? It's just not enough. It's not enough. 
I say to people, go after twice what I've got. And I say, that's still not enough. <laughs> go after triple, quadruple, whatever. Go after more. Elisha, Elijah, mantles, passing on, you know, surrender. And that's how you get it. And go after it because, I, you know, we, we're going to need it to fulfill the destiny that God has got on our lives. The key is to be all in, to give it all. Dare to sell out for God and then ask. Prayers, pray prayers that intimidate you. Do you know you find this? The more you're surrendered to God, the bolder your prayers become. It's interesting, eh? You just somehow, there's this courage. That's why Elisha was courageous. He's got, oh, I want a double portion because he'd surrendered. It gave him the courage to ask for more. You know, some people, <laughs> you probably don't want me to say this, but I'm leaving any minute, so I'll say it anyway. You know, some people, you know, they're, they're, they're barely committed to God. They're, 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 you know, they miss church regularly. You know, they're not, not giving much. And, you know, they're just really, you know what I mean, real casual. And they walk with God, and then they say, God, where's the wonders? <laughs> it just doesn't work that way. It just doesn't work that way. Got to sell out. Give it all. And God will not disappoint you. We can be afraid of doing what we've never done before. Do you know what happens then? If we're meant to be doing, getting out of the boat and doing some stuff, and we don't do it, what happens? We leave unclaimed new gifts, new anointings, and new dreams that God wants to give us. You know, he's got new gifts for you. He's got new anointings. He's got new dreams for you. He has. But some things have to change for us to capture the things that God has and wants to do in our lives. Now, of course, you've got to make your decisions with wisdom. wisdom. Let's take, write this down somewhere. Indecision is a decision. A lot of people don't make a decision. They think, oh, it's all right. I'll just, just leave it there. But that's actually a decision. Now, fasten your safety belts. I'm going to put a quote on the screen. Here we go from Cecil, George W. Cecil. On the plains of hesitation reached the bones of countless millions who, at the dawn of victory, sat down to wait, and waiting died. You can't wait forever <laughs> to surrender to God. You can't wait forever to move, to shift, to ramp up the gears, and let God work in and through your life. One decision, one change, one risk can change your life forever. I'm going to mention these uh, six areas. I mentioned some of them last time. Six steps that, of surrender that you could make, all right, just to think about. That these, or each one of these can change your life forever. Number one is this. I said it last time. Get yourself and your family to church every Sunday unless you have to work without fail. Without fail. Just, just I'm in God. I'll be there every Because that one single step of consecration will change the trajectory of your life but also of your family and of generations to come. Do it for your kids. Do it for your grandchildren. Even if I didn't want to be in church, I'd be there for the sake of my kids because I don't want to put their eternity and future at risk. It's a simple step of surrender. I encourage you to do it. Number two, join a small group. Three, spend quality time with God every day. It's amazing things happen when you step up in prayer. Here's another one. Give generously to God. Give beyond the 10%. Because God promises to open the heavens. It's a surrender. Just do it. And watch God work. Watch him do amazing things. Number five, attend a weekly prayer meeting. Serve in church. Wherever you can, find a place to serve. These are like six foundations, I think, that position us 
for God to do wonders in our lives. God has got a more wonderful life in store for you, in store for me, one of his favor and his blessing. If you give yourself fully to God, you can expect him to give himself fully to you. Isn't it amazing? We hold on ourselves, and God can't give us more of it. If we let ourselves go to God, then we get, it's an exchange. It's a divine exchange. What do you want in your life? Do you want just more and more of you, or do you want more and more of God? The more you give yourself to God, the more he'll give himself to you. The more you sell out to God, the more he will sell out to you. I reckon that's a good deal. The musicians would come, please. Sanctify yourselves, for tomorrow I will do wonders among you. Wonders are in store. Position yourself and step into them and move into a life I think you probably never thought existed. Amen? Amen. Amen. Awesome. What do you got to say? What do you want to say? Okay, all right. Your promise still stands. Come on, let's stand together, shall we? Great is thy faithfulness. You know, as we sing, as a team lead us in this song, why don't you just reflect on this message and just say, God, what are you calling me to do? You know, his presence is here right now. It's just come. Because God's speaking to us. If you understand this message right, it's because God's got so much more for you. It's not a surrender to make your life miserable, thinking, oh, why do I have to do this? No, no, it's God wants to do amazing things. He wants you to start experiencing the book. It's all in here, isn't it? The blessing of God, breakthroughs, miracles, wonders, it's all in here. And God's offering that to all of us. In God's presence, allow You know, you can hear my words. They won't do much. But if the Holy Spirit speaks to you, it will change your life. 